0: Hey, everyone, I want to welcome you to an exciting conversation today that I get to have with Anne Pretorius and Isaac Pretorius, a mother-son combination team. Mm -hmm. And Koinonia, you have been very familiar with Jam Ministries, and I want you to hear a whole lot more about it today. And so that's why we're entering into this conversation. So Ann and Isaac, welcome to Koinonia. Thank you.
1: Wonderful yeah. to
2: be here with you. Thank yeah. you.
0: Excited to have you here in Canada for a visit and connection with other ministry partners. And also want to highlight that Pastor Steve, uh, Koinonia's founding pastor, and Robert Dunford are part of your mm-hmm. Jam Canada board yeah. um, and have been active in relationship with you, right?
1: Yeah, they they really have, and they've they've served our board incredibly well. I mean, they um, you know really have been a blessing to us. They've brought a lot of value, um, and value is, for me is not just saying yes. Yeah, <laughs> value is actually bringing conflicting ideas, and you know making sure that that we're operating our at least our Canadian operation because that's the board they sit on in a way that is is really good stewarding of, mm-hmm. of what God's given us. And, and I appreciate how, how much they've taken that responsibility right. and hold us accountable as we welcome, welcome them to, And so they've really yeah. been a blessing to us.
2: Yeah, they truly really have been a blessing. But the Canadian people have been a blessing mm-hmm. to our work in Africa over many, many years. Yeah, We found the Canadians to be extremely generous. They want mm-hmm. partnership. They want to connect with us because they can see the impact that their contributions make as they sow through us as the vessel to reach out to a lost and dying world out there. Mm,
0: yeah. Now, Anne, you and your husband, Peter, started this ministry, saw compassion out of compassion and a need for caring for your own people in Africa mm-hmm. um, 38 years ago? Is Correct. That right?
2: Yes, that is mm. 38 years ago. Yeah. And we started out as evangelists, reaching out with the gospel, Jesus Alive Ministries, And that ministry is still going very hard, very strong, multiplying. I hope we Mm. get a moment to talk a little bit about that because it's very exciting to see how God is moving there. Um, But then the humanitarian work started Mm. when Peter was stranded in Mozambique. And he he was at a distribution, a food distribution camp. And the story is just too terrible where he was bearing up to 30 people a day. And when he finally came home 10 days later... Uh, He was a completely changed person, and he Mm -hmm. said, sweetheart, if we're going to do what I believe God wants us to do for the rest of our days, you've got to come back into that country and see and experience it as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not exactly what I wanted. It wasn't exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) lovely to hear these challenging stories and wondering whether we could expand. And today, I can honestly tell you that our humanitarian work is what I would call a demonstration of the gospel that we preach. Right. Because we're carrying good news yeah. to those who are in desperate need. Mm-hmm. And that's a great honor and a privilege for us to do. Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting as you highlight that, Anne, because God's really been calling us to a refreshed vision at Quininea. And calling us to show and share the love of Jesus, and that's what I hear you saying. Absolutely, grips yours and Peter's hearts, and still grips the heart of the ministry that you are leading together. Yeah, Yeah.
1: no, I think it's such a, you know, I think if we are to live our, um, if we're to live our faith out, you know, I mean, it's it really comes down to us expressing God's heart and extending His hands, you know. Yeah, and I think that. Expressing God's heart is in so many ways. I think you know, f- a lot of the world is is distant from the church because they feel condemned, they feel judged, they feel, you know. And yet we're actually sitting, we should be sitting on the seat of mercy. Mm. Like we're, you know, we have access to 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 an understanding of this this gospel of 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 grace and love. Yeah. And mercy, you know, I, I love how it's it's put in, it's Hebrews uh, 4.13, I think it is, in, in the Passion Translation. The way it says is, come, come receive the kiss of mercy, mm. is what wow. it says, you know. I mean, that's... Beautiful picture. Um, and and so when I read scripture like that, I say, but hang on, you know, w- w- we should be a kiss of mercy to this world. Yeah. You know, we should be in that, that. Isn't that expressing God's heart? Right. Just being the love of Jesus. But at times that can't be done without extending his hands, mm-hmm. um, because you know, and and I think that takes so many forms. It's extending his hand as a hand of healing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an extending a hand to to lay hands on someone and really trust God together with them for for their healing. And we 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 see that happen so much. But other times it's extending that hand to say, but you, you have a physical need that that I can meet. Um, and but not extending it in a way that is condescending mm-hmm. or in a way that is sort of, well, I have and you don't and you're in need. And and so now you're reliant on me, right. but rather in a way of saying, no, how do we come together in a partnership? Because that's what Jesus does with us. Yeah, He partners with us. True. Doesn't come and say, well, I did it all. And he has yeah. the right to say yeah, that. Yeah. I did it all. I'm yeah. the one who hung on the cross. Okay, yeah. I am your salvation. Now you need me. And so it's... No. Yes, we need Christ, and yes, we're entering in that way. But actually, He comes in partners with us yeah. in our lives, yeah. and and He walks that journey with us. Mm. And so, I think so much of it for us is also that understanding that if we're really going to extend God's heart, uh, um, extend God's hands, but in a way that is expressing His heart, right. we we need to look at how we do what we do, not just the fact that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's good enough just just to extend a hand of help yeah. we've got to be very conscious about how we're extending that hand mm-hmm. so that we're doing it in a way that actually expresses God's heart yeah so,
0: yeah. yeah and you're hearing right now from Isaac and you're going to hear about Isaac's involvement in the ministry mm-hmm. um, but Anne would you share with us because Jam Ministries now has a new name as of April 12th uh, so talk to us about the new mm-hmm. name and how that came about mm-hmm.
2: Well, I'll need to reverse a couple of years okay. because um, August 2018, Peter passed away. And we we were incredible partners. We did everything together. Mm-hmm. Two opposite personalities, but we learned to complement, complete one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and God used us to develop the organizations mm-hmm. and the ministries that we mm-hmm. put in place. It wasn't easy. It was a big challenge. But... We serve a big God. Yes. And the vision, the purpose that was very clear to us was supernatural and way beyond our own understanding. Mm -hmm. And so we spent years developing that and working throughout Africa, and I'm just so honored and privileged that we had the partnership that we've just been talking about with Jesus. Mm. Because when Peter left, I wasn't without partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that we'd established had been with Jesus in a partnership of a plan of action that he has for the people of Africa. And so my life continues. My ministry continues um, without my husband, Mm -hmm. which has been quite tough. But you know what? It's possible. You can do it. The vision and the pursuit and the divine enablement is there. Yeah. And I've really learned that. I was very honored that Isaac was at my side from day one. And I was able to communicate with him on a mother-son as well as a minister-to-minister professional basis. And to have that kind of support and watch how he was growing in wisdom and understanding the knowledge of God and the vision mm. that was pulsating in his heart yeah. that's been there since he was six years old. So the transition wasn't that difficult, but I needed to know the timing of it. Right. And so with the timing, it was two and a half years after Peter's passing that I knew and I actually went to Isaac and said, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Because the inevitable was there. We knew it would happen but it was a matter of, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And he was more than ready. Yeah. And so I was able to hand over the day-to-day chief executive officer of the global organization in, on the humanitarian side. And on the gospel side, he'd already taken it a year previous to that. And I'd watched how he nurtured and grew that. Mm. So, so this is all behind the name change. Yeah. Because now, with the transition to the next generation— we felt this was the perfect time to do a name change if we were ever going to do one. Right. And because of Jesus Alive Ministries, our humanitarian work had become known as J-A-M, as JAM, the abbreviation. And so we stayed with JAM. But it was always difficult to explain, who is JAM? What do we do? Is it strawberry jam? Do we run right. factories? <laughs> yeah. Do we jam musical jamming? What is JAM? Because the name didn't really describe who we are and what we do. And that's why we then did immense research looking into what is our niche market? What have we got that others don't have? How do we reflect the passion and the drive for what we're doing in the name as an initial introduction? Hmm. And that's where we came up with the name for Africa.
1: Yeah.
2: Because our hearts beat for Africa. Right. Our motivation is all for Africa. The compassion, the passion, the drive Mm -hmm. and so we're very excited about the new name yeah and it fits so well because Canada for Africa um humanitarian assistance for Africa uh nutrition for Africa water for Africa I mean we can just go on and on and on Mm. and show how beautifully the name fits
0: so So it's been an
2: exciting road
0: yeah and I can hear the uh, passion behind the name coming (laughs) out of you and I want to hear that Isaac too and (laughs) I took some time on the website forafrica.org mm, mm, and mm. saw some of the um, story coming together. But I yeah. uh, hearing it firsthand yeah. from your heart, um, knowing that For Africa, Jesus Live Ministries, um, is reaching into many different countries within mm, Africa. Mm. So, Sudan, Mozambique, Uganda, Ethiopia. Yeah. Um, Isaac, share with us where did yeah. this vision grow from yeah. you seeing it in your parents, but then yeah. settling in your heart that you knew you. How to carry it on? No, too.
1: absolutely. I mean, I've look, I've always been passionate about it. The, um, so mom says six years old. I think um, she's referring to me going to my dad when I was six and saying, you know, God told me he wants me to be an evangelist. So my dad thought it was kind of cute because, I mean, a fireman's son wants to be a fireman, you know. Sure, so yeah. I was like, of course he wants <laughs> yeah. to be an evangelist. But God really confirmed for him that that was, you know, something that that God had had, had put on my heart. So the passion's been there for for the evangelism side of things, you know, all my life and and have been very involved in that for for, for a big part of my life. Um, I grew up around the the humanitarian operations. Mm-hmm. You know, I often say when others my friends would go to, you know, the beach for their vac their school vacation, my dad would put me in a plane with them and take me to, you know, some spot in Africa, go work in a refugee camp or right. go, you know, be a part of a program. So I grew up around it and I grew up around seeing Seeing the 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 need and 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 the need to respond to that, but to be honest with you, I think that was far less of the motivation for me. It was actually seeing the opportunity that exists on our continent, mm. seeing the beauty of our, our people. You yeah. know, African people are. I mean, Canadians are cool, but we're we're <laughs> even cooler. You know, yeah. but no, African people are just they they they. There, there is a pride in, in Africa that I think a lot of the world doesn't see, you know. They think poor people don't have on proud. And I'm not talking about a negative kind of proud, like a, yeah. proud of their families, yeah. proud of providing for themselves. And um, and seeing a lot of and experiencing a lot of that just really created a desire in my heart to see that fulfilled, to to see that becoming a reality. I mean, you know, our, our new name comes with a new tagline and the four together I think capture it. It says, you know for Africa to thrive, yeah. and that and that's what it's about. It's 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 about creating thriving. Sometimes thriving starts with saving a life, mm-hmm. okay, and that's very necessary. Um, and sometimes it starts with giving a fish. Mm-hmm. And I say that intentionally because a lot of people say, "Well, you know, do you not think you should?" teach to fish rather than give fish. Right. And we actually we do both because yeah. we do what's relevant at the time mm-hmm. and in the the context or the situation for for our, our, our people. And so sometimes we have to give a fish to sustain a life long enough for for that person to learn how to fish. But a lot of the 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 passion has really been driven around that. I spent, you know, a number of years in the ministry I then spent 11 years in the in the, in the business world but also focused on developing businesses in Africa mm. on you know raising capital for businesses in Africa to help yeah. them grow um but then also developing businesses on the continent to really see you know economic development happening that was going to allow for communities to be in a position where they can provide for themselves mm-hmm. building economies is how we ultimately see that that mm. true transformation yeah, yeah so yeah. So there's there's depth of of passion there, and, and of course for the name and and our rebrand, it's been, it's been a journey, mm-hmm. and it's been one that is not short on, on passion. But we we love the new name and and what it means. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's important to point out it's Africa with a K because people hear for Africa dot org and they they it's but it's with a K, okay, So good. Africa with a K. But that was intentional too because. Um, you know, Africa, we as Africans spell our continent like that. Yeah. Um, and that is how, you know, most of our languages in Africa use Africa with a K, not with a C. Mm-hmm. And so for us, in some ways, it was... Um, somewhat of a redemptive, uh, journey as well that we wanted in our name
0: yeah.
1: of, of really, you know, for restoring to Africa in many ways, what is Africa's yeah. and allowing our people to actually benefit from the resources that are there, mm. um, and helping them in a way that, that does that. Mm-hmm. And so it has, it's been a, it's been a big shift. It's not just a name change. It's, right. um, the heart hasn't changed at all. The heart yeah. of who we are is, yeah. is staying the same. Yeah. But the the vision has broadened. But I think most importantly, who who we are and what how we do what we do is changing significantly at the moment, mm. um, and and I think in an incredibly positive way. And that's not a criticism of how things were done before. Yeah, it's it's relevant to to where we are now as a yeah. continent and yeah. what our people need. Yeah,
0: yeah. and for Africa. In your humanitarian side, yeah, you're working with African people to um, in the area of education, in the area of water sanitation, mm-hmm. in the area of emergency response. Yeah. Um, and a big part of Africa culture is community and mm-hmm. family. So maybe talk a little bit about the logo because I know that's got a significant meaning. And then, yeah. and then take us mm-hmm. into where the hands and heart yeah. connect with people.
1: Yeah, you don't have to ask me twice to share the story. It's like, we're, <laughs> Good. Um, and so where it actually comes from is it's originally a, um, a mud cloth uh, painting from centuries ago um, that that was done in Africa. That actually uh, we came across and, and started, you know, understanding this this mud cloth that art that was there and what it was 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 a a sort of out of shape circle can that was drawn with a, a kind of smudge I want to call it in the center of that mm-hmm. and um what that circle represents actually is is community um and what the smudge represents or the dot in the center is family yeah. and the relationship between community and family which you know our continent has this incredible connect of community family mm-hmm. Um, the the you know it's it's beautiful how in other than English I don't think there's a language on our continent a traditional African language that has a word for stranger. Hmm. We nice. don't have strangers on our continent. Interesting. We have friends we're yet to meet, um, and it's it's part of the culture. So there's such a connect there, and so this mud cloth really um, described that. But then it also describes the protective hedge that is built around what is most. Important and most precious to the community, which is family. And if you if you actually fly over rural areas of most African countries, you'll you'll see these circles. They're never perfect circles, um, and you'll see these these circles though all over. They're mainly built out of uh, like thorn bushes um, or, or some form of protective bush. Okay, and they build them as a hedge. And then the, the, the hut or home or will be inside uh, the center of that. Um, at night, the family is in there because it's protective. They bring their cattle uh, and so on into there. The things that are most important to the family are brought into that. It's called a boma or a kraal or a, there's different words for it. And, but it's that hedge of protection that protects everything most important to the family. And we just fell in love with this because we said but that that's who we are as yeah. for Africa yeah we want to build this this hedge of protection around our continent mm. around the countries around the communities around the families mm. um, and so if you look at at the logo um, the the we turned the circle into a sort of very abstract Africa shape okay yeah. so we broadened it out to represent that as that that, that sort of bow hedge of protection around the continent. But then we took the dot that was, was in the center and we that represents the family, and we actually used that as the dot on the I, in wow. the name, uh, in the Africa part of the name. And that was really significant for us because what it was saying is that I will stand in the gap for the family. Oh, cool. um and so it became yeah. something really personally sort of for all of us as as a team really motivating um, and it 's been amazing to see how that 's been embraced by our team you know we have We have over six hundred full time staff we have at any given time you know in excess of four thousand uh, um part time uh, wow. contract staff et cetera yeah. that are are working in our our programs all over the continent. Yeah. And, you know, 95% plus are, are African, yeah. you know, from our continent, serving our own people. Many of them are actually individuals that come from the very communities that they're serving. Right. Um, and so to see how they have taken such an ownership mm-hmm. of this new name. That's... You know, one of our staff grabbed the shirt. We had shirts we were filming in the field recently and grabbed the shirt and looked at Lucas like us with a little guy and said, this is now our organization. Wow! Okay, <laughs> uh, this is for Africa. They said, and and it was just—I mean—it gave me goosebumps because yeah. it was like, yes, that's what yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so that's why we're quite as passionate and yeah. excited about our name and the brand as what we are. Uh,
2: there's something very personal that I yeah. want to add that really Please. touched my heart, and that is, um, what Isaac has done is when that logo is enlarged, really large. The dot above the eye is actually Peter's thumbprint. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's textured cool. with his thumbprint as yeah.
1: too. That's kind funny. of it's an internal thing for us, but it's yeah. it's immortalizing his
0: role and involvement there. Yeah, that
2: uh, he left his mark. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that it yep. in the organisation. Yeah, that is. And and I I was wanted to ask that as as the the fresh vision and the new name started to take shape. Um, were there experiences and stories that rose up in you that affirmed this direction? That
2: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because the branding is what we do. Mm-hmm. Through and through, it is what we do. So with affirmation after affirmation, as this has been developed, it's been extremely exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I live and breathe what we do. Yeah, I've invested my whole life in what we do. Yeah. And so did Peter. And to see it continuing. You know, I think a lot of people invest a lot of time and their best years in something, mm-hmm. and then something can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And that sense of loss, especially for people yeah. of my age, that sense of loss mm-hmm. is just devastating. Yeah. And and I'm so honored that I'm in a position where I'm a part of something new, something exciting, and that is still relevant, and I'm watching it grow and expand you know, when Peter passed away, God spoke to me very clearly because I never wanted to be the leader. Mm. But he said to me, build on the foundation and expand. Now, the foundation I understood. I'd invested so many years in it, and I'm very administrative. So I understand the higher and the bigger you want to build, the stronger your foundation needs mm. to be. True. So working on the foundation was very important because... As I said, if I'm going to sail this ship, I need to sail a clean ship. And I need to know that all our policies, procedures, everything is, is really in place and intact. And so that was my first thrust of energy. Mm. But the And expand, I didn't easily understand because I'm not Peter. Mm-hmm. And Peter was this dynamic driver, visionary. And you could understand the expansion that came behind him all his life. Everything he touched just exploded and expanded (laughs) and it was successful. And that's who he was. And knowing that that's not me, where does the expand come from? Mm -hmm. So just really seeking God. And then the amazing thing was that through COVID, with the lockdown, because we work with the people on the ground, because our staff are working amongst their own communities, we didn't have to transport people. When, when we couldn't, they were there. They were amongst their people. Yeah. And so we just needed to adapt the way they were doing their mm-hmm. programs. And they were impacting the communities. And instead of simply reaching the child in the school, now we were reaching the family through the child connection that we had. Mm-hmm. And that family were reaching the community. And so our program started to expand astronomically. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing is that the finance did as well. People were sitting at home feeling frustrated, helpless. What could they do? And they saw an organization that was really meeting the people who were suffering the most through the, the COVID regulations. And it was just an amazing experience. So mm-hmm. our recipients went from around 1.2 million to 3.8 million wow. in those two years. Oh. And, and Isaac was driving so much of this. And that's where it was easy for me then to hand over mm-hmm. and to move into the role of a founding director mm-hmm. and, and to watch that expansion. I mean, the tears were just streaming down my face as I looked at these figures when our reports mm-hmm. came in. Yeah. And I realized God has done that and expand. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. he had commissioned me to do at Peter's death, I felt I had fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And not because it was me. Because the circumstances, God knew where the world was going to be. He knew what the situation was. He knew the quality of our staff, the commitment of our people who were not sitting at home commiserating with one another. They were amongst the communities helping their people Mm. to get through the Mm. situation. Mm. And it brought real growth and expansion, not just in numbers, because, you know, numbers is not always the most important thing. It's simply one of the reflections. Mm -hmm. But the impact on the people Mm -hmm. is where the expansion really came. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very, very happy to have handed over to Isaac Mm -hmm. and his team and the team he continues to build Mm -hmm. because of the heart they have and because of what they do and how they do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing improvement every step of the way. They're re-looking at the way doing things according to this generation. Right. The yeah. world is changing. Yeah. And if we can't change with an ever-changing world, we're going to be left behind. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to me, this generation transition has been extremely important.
0: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so exciting to hear and affirming that like God's at work, doing something yeah. bigger. Isaac, when you heard that word passed from God's heart to your mom of Mm. And expand. Mm. Mm. Where did that leave you with your faith? Was it a scary thing? Like, oh my goodness, or was your faith starting to grow toward the God could have? It's interesting. I mean, (laughs) mom's smiling (laughs) because she knows my nature. So um,
1: I always want things to be bigger, not for the sake of being big. I mean, there's, you know, we've set um, incredible goals for ourselves. Mm. So, you know, we've, financially we've we've set for the organization to double in the next two years mm-hmm. um, and to to literally be four times the size it is budget-wise within five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I believe that's totally attainable. I mean, if we look back, you know, I always think it's amazing when you, when you look back. I love data, so I love numbers. Okay. Like data, just numbers to me tell stories, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, and so I love looking at data and you look back and some of our – our team have kind of raised an eyebrow, you know, when we've put forward, this is, and and it's not my vision, it's not my goals, uh, we work as a team, you know, so we've developed it together, but some have kind of raised an eyebrow, like, whoa, no, this is big, you know. And on our, our beneficiary side, same thing, you know, we've said how many, let's expand the countries we're in, let's expand the number of people we're reaching with direct assistance and impacting and, and and as all of that's come together, it's sort of like, wow, how are we going to get there? But if you look back, you actually see we've already done that. Mm. So in three years, we've doubled in size wow. uh, financially, and we've quadrupled in size in the people we're serving. Yeah. So it's just carrying on doing and and seeing the growth that God's already been doing so for me it's it's not a daunting thing it's it's pressure. I put immense pressure on myself I put immense pressure on my team um because I think that the the work we're in is far too important not to achieve the maximum right we We've got to be pushing the envelope we've got to be um, you know, really trying and doing everything we can to to grow as fast as we can, but as sustainably as we can, mm-hmm. and the reason being is because what we do is not about enriching shareholders or about yeah. you know building a bigger business or yeah. even it's it 's about changing people 's lives yeah. you know this yeah. is this is everything from reaching more children in malnutrition clinics or establishing more malnutrition clinics in more areas that don 't have where literally you are saving children's lives. I mean, it's no dramatization. There are children's lives being saved every single day. Yeah. Well, why would you not want to expand that to the maximum, you know? Yeah. Or, or all the way through to what we do in, in economic empowerment and you know, helping people build businesses and helping people really become truly financially independent well, why wouldn't we want to do more of that? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, by doing all of that, we will see an Africa that thrives. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of set that, we set that goal for ourselves by saying our vision is for Africa to thrive. Yeah. And, you know, we understand where Africa is right now like okay? we live and breathe in these communities mm. we understand the gap between where communities are at right now and and mm. and where thriving is mm. um and and so that drives it and it's driven by heart so i i don't find it daunting um i i know the god we serve yeah. um i've seen him do crazy miracles mm. you know um whether physical ones or others i've yes. seen him do them in my own life right. you know um, and and four others, and so I'd, I don't ever struggle trusting there. But I think probably the Brian, the greatest reason why I have confidence in in the goals we've set um, is I get to see and experience the teams that work within our organisation, mm. and our single biggest strength is our people. Mm. Um, they they're they're just. They're unbelievable, yeah. you know. I was recently in South Sudan uh, visiting programs there, and I was out in a really rural area. I'm in mean, this area. <laughs> I was saying to people yesterday, if you picture the middle of nowhere, and then picture the people who live in the middle of nowhere and what they call the middle of nowhere, oh, that's this place. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's like the middle of nowhere people's nowhere. <laughs> okay, um, and it was there with 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 our team, and um, they were sharing with me about. You know, just one staff member who had, there was no transport available. We were having a bit of a shortage of vehicles in that that program at the time. And so this lady, she's a nutrition extension officer. She took the boxes of supplies and she put them on her head and she walked for eight hours to get to the clinic that she needed to be at that day. And then she did what she needed to do there that day. She slept there um, and she walked back eight hours the next day. I said to, what? What made you walk eight hours? And she didn't kind of go, well, you know, I'm a hero. No, she yeah. said, you don't leave your children in that condition, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and and then I sort of yeah. started talking to that team and understanding because this was kind of matter of fact that they were sharing. It wasn't, yeah. you know, and, and another team member there who floods came into that area that were not expected. Mm. A number of our malnutrition clinics were cut off. This guy, there's pictures of water as deep as his chest, carrying boxes on his head. Walked 100 kilometers in a week to make sure that the different clinics were getting what they need. Wow. So the level of commitment and dedication of our people, yeah. their heart, mm-hmm. watching watching them when, when a child loses its life yeah. or when a mother is desperate mm-hmm. for her child – and seeing how it affects them like it's their own children, yeah. their heart is there. But then watching them do their work and and seeing how professional they are. Mm. We have absolute professionals doing the work on the call face of our organization. So much so that I actually, on this trip, I, I stepped back at one stage and um, I was quite emotional. And my wife looked at me and she said, are you, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, I just... I said, I I don't know know if I feel worthy to Mm. lead these people. Mm. That's what I found challenging. It's not the goals, not the big goals, not the big vision. It's not trusting God for it to happen. It's not believing in the quality of the people we have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's actually the the humbling that comes of saying, man, I have the responsibility to lead those people, people of that level of commitment and dedication Mm. and quality, um, and so that's the part that keeps me awake yeah, at night, yeah. making sure that our staff are protected. Mm-hmm. We work in very dangerous environments. Yeah. We've lost staff in the field. It's, mm-hmm. you know, so that's the thing that keeps me awake at night. Are our staff safe? Are they okay? Mm-hmm. Being able to give them better working conditions and being able to, those are the things
0: that keep me awake at yeah. night,
1: not, not the bigness of yeah. the vision.
0: No. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That gives mm-hmm. us a picture, insight of the heart of African people. Yeah. And uh, they're catching God's vision as you're catching God's vision mm. and what he wants to do. And I appreciate both of you saying it's it's not about the numbers, mm. um, but thank you for posting on forAfrica.org yeah. the numbers because each number reflects a person. Yeah. That's right. And, and that's what just caused my jaw to drop as yeah. I just looked at yeah. story after story and person yeah. after person yeah. and just saying, wow, the impact that's yeah. happening. As the people of Africa say, no, let's care for our own and let's do this. And yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think I think that is our it is our superpower. <laughs> you know, if, yeah. I, if you put it in that context, yeah. people say, "What's your superpower?" Yeah. Yeah. Ours is our Africanism. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that we're African. Yeah, we we're there before others arrive, and we stay long after they leave. Yeah, you know, because you you don't leave home. <laughs> we're, we're serving at home. You know, these, this, this is these are our environments, mm-hmm. and so I think our, our Africanism is our superpower mm-hmm. um, because it also helps us engineer programs in partnership with communities mm-hmm. that are truly sustainable, mm-hmm. that are truly impactful. You know, one of our approaches that actually came from exactly that is our our chief operating officer um, really helped us to to get an understanding. One day, sitting at lunch, he said to me, "Have you ever thought that we're not Plan A?" at him like what are you getting into now you know? yeah. he said no have you ever thought we're not plan A and he was really passionate about it he's a, K- a Kenyan guy he was really passionate about it and I said oh, oh Kilian what are you on about here you know and he said no we're plan D E or F we're never plan A hmm. he said the community has a plan A hmm. they've got a plan right and their plan is, is, is many times the most sustainable plan. It's right. the best plan because it's their plan. Yeah. And they own it. But it's not the plan that has any resources. Mm-hmm. And for generations, people have come into our continent well-intended, okay, really well-intended. I'm not criticizing the heart behind it or any mm-hmm. of that. But have come and said, here's the plan. Right Here how, Here's how we're going to give you a sustainable program. Okay, and the community welcomes it with open arms because it's the only plan that has resources. Right. Okay, so they take it, but it remains your plan. Yeah, an outside plan. Okay, mm. it's an outside yeah. plan. Yeah. It's yours, and when it doesn't work, it fails. They say, "Oh, your thing failed." Right. Okay, not not ours. So a big shift in our approach that's come from that Africanism is saying, "No, where do our programs start?" Our programs start by sitting under a tree mm-hmm. with a community yeah. and understanding their plan, mm-hmm. learning about their challenges, but more importantly, understanding their plan. Then using our experience and our expertise and so on to help them adjust that plan, mm-hmm. okay? So it becomes plan A plus, yeah, okay? oh, that's good. And then resource their plan, yeah. okay? So that they own it and they're transforming their own lives. There's dignity in that, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Um, but there's also sustainability in it, and and so that's been a, a a big part for us. Is is really that
0: that Africanism and and yeah. and being proud of that, celebrating yeah. it, yeah, you know? yeah. So. affirming them and the, the the people of each community is what I mean by mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. affirming their, the vision that, that God's yeah. put in their heart for yeah. care yeah. and coming alongside of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I pray that we will always build from grassroots, from the yeah. ground up, yeah, because it is definitely the best way to build.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're developing people then. Yeah. And, you know, Brian, to me, what are the rewards in the kind of work that we do? Mm-hmm. You know, Isaac's talked about the staff and the quality of the staff and how humbling it is to see those values and, and wonder whether we're associated with these dynamic people, these incredible people. But I've, I've always felt the greatest reward in what we do is the fact that we change a life. Mm-hmm. And every life we change is a reward. Yeah. And that's where our rewards lie. That's mm-hmm. where our fulfillment lies. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. fulfillment is definitely living your life to see somebody else's life changed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. What Jesus was all about, right? <laughs> he certainly see, was. To see somebody else's life changing. Yeah. And, and through the ministry you're involved in, you do it both through sharing Jesus and sharing through humanitarian care. Yeah. And I wonder, and if there's a a story that just even resonates over the last year or two of an individual, a family like that within that community that you see them embracing and saying, no, God... God's in this, and we're going to yeah. lead this forward for our community and our family.
2: Well, one of one of the most exciting ones for me happened recently. It was actually on my birthday, and all yeah. of our um, staff, country director, managerial staff, got onto this massive, massive um, Zoom meeting. Yeah. And they had—Issak had Isaac had pre planned that I had a meeting on the day and said, sorry, I know it's your 70th birthday, but could we just have this meeting— that um, I can only meet with this individual to introduce to you on that day at that time. And I said, sure, it's okay. I've got all day to celebrate. So so I went on to the Zoom meeting and here the screen was just full of people and different ones had different things they wanted to say. And this was a surprise birthday for me. And one of the men from Mozambique in his broken English, he said, mama, I just want to thank you, as I celebrate your birthday, that you and Peter came to my area in Mozambique. And this is where you started with your outreach humanitarian work. And our lives have changed forever. And my family's life changed forever because of you coming into this area. And I feel so privileged that this is where you started. And today, this man is our country director for the whole of Mozambique. Wow. So the, these are the rewards. These are the yeah. most amazing stories that keep our heart just beating with gratitude mm-hmm. for the investment that we have put in. Yeah. Everybody deserves a return on their investment. Yeah. And wow, what beautiful returns we have.
0: What a beautiful birthday gift to, you. Exactly. <laughs> to hear that yeah. testimony, exactly. right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Mm. So valuable. Um, We've been talking a lot about uh, For Africa and the humanitarian side, but tell me about the, also the part about just sharing the love of Jesus and the message in the heart of Jesus. How does that come out in your lives and ministry and team? Yeah, I mean, it's something we're we're, we're
1: super passionate about. I think, um, you know, if you cut us open, you find the evangelist in the center. Okay, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, our model has changed over the years. we used to do mass city-wide outreaches. Um, Dad and I would would, would, would preach you know would be the primary evangelist preaching at those and um, but we shifted a number of years ago to to and I guess a lot of what we've learned on the four Africa side about how we engage and work with communities and so we shifted to, actually developing local evangelists from those countries. Ah. And so training up and developing those and then sending those evangelists out with all the equipment and the support and everything that they need to be able to evangelize and reach the the, the unreached areas or more rural areas, villages, mm-hmm. etc. Um, that most times uh, other evangelists are not going to. And so right. we said, but well, that's that's actually the vision God gave us was to be there. And so we empower local teams which I love because I mean, this is you know, when when somebody from a Congolese in Congo is preaching the gospel, firstly they're preaching it in the local language, yeah. okay? So there's nothing lost in translation. there, are they're, they're, It's contextualized uh, to the culture and sure. and 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 everything of of their, their their country. But it's it's sustainable if you want to call it that because we're building this capacity that is lasting in 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 the country and investing in the country. And so these teams go out, but we kind of really have a holistic approach to it. So they do they set up a, a whole rig and they they do open air meetings where they'll have anywhere between I don't know 5 and about 30,000 people that will will be in those meetings depending on where they are. And so they do that outreach, but then during the day they do door to door evangelism. Okay. They do school outreaches. Mm-hmm. So I mean last year we led over 100,000 school students to Jesus. Wow. Okay. That's like oh, awesome. just yeah. so cool through the school yeah. outreaches that are done at that time. And then they do um, the Jesus film. So we use the Jesus oh, yeah. film. And um, we set up movie nights now, you know, in a rural area in Africa. Here yeah, you've got this movie night. You know, it's like, whoa, hang on. And so people that wouldn't come to the outreach, that we would struggle to reach in other ways will come and watch a movie, though.
0: That's still a drawing element uh, to show think, a film. I think
1: over the years we've we've led close to a million people to Jesus. To awesome. Jesus, I mean, Lord. it's yeah. like wild, you yeah. know. Yeah. People come in and the power of—I mean, it, yeah. it just tells the story, you yeah. know. And so we do that, and there's there's other forms of what we do as we reach those communities. And so, I mean, we, we we had the privilege last year of leading more than, we registered more than 452,000 decisions for Christ wow. through our, through our so outreaches. Yeah. But then what we do is we follow up with a very intense um, discipleship program. Great. So we actually, we work with all the local churches. I mean, everything from, you know, yeah from one end to the other end of the spectrum <laughs> yes. okay, of yeah. local church. We work with all the local churches when we do outreaches. And... Um, then they form our our key uh, partners for actually following up on 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 anyone who's made a commitment um, and going and meeting with them. But then we establish the discipleship training centres, which is this effectively like a, a digital Bible school, really. Okay. Okay. So it's it's set up. It's you know big screen and all of the teaching is there. And so we work with some of the the, the pastors from those local churches, select which churches will house those CDP centres, as we call them. And that discipleship program is then kicked off. So that's 50 hours, just over 50 hours of uh, discipleship training, everything from basic concepts to the new believer, all the way through to training people in church leadership, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And that's translated into 58 different languages. So it covers all the languages in, 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 in these communities. And so they have that. We then... Thanks to an amazing partnership with Joyce Meyer Ministries, we have you know another 50 hours of, of Joyce Meyer ministry teaching that, that we actually put into there as well, which really focuses on helping the individual learn mm. their place in Jesus, etc., mm. and, and to build that and, and some other materials that we put in. And so those centers then really take care of intensive discipleship training. And, I mean, we've had people that have been born again in an outreach, then enrolled in the CDP program, have come out the other end and gone and planted churches and actually become leaders of of their own church and of multiple campuses and so it's amazing to see the effectiveness of yeah. of that process and then the last piece of what we do on the, on on the gospel side is that we we have intense uh, prison ministry mm. and it's amazing to see what we've just the favor we've been given yeah. in in the prison space so in in three countries in Africa we actually now have access to all the prisons, but our discipleship, the program I was just talking about, that discipleship training program is now an official part of the rehabilitation curriculum for prisoners in the country. So if you attend the, the 50 hours, and so it's the 50 hours that is actually the official curriculum, if they attend that 50 hours... Um, they then graduate from that, and it qualifies them in the same way as other rehabilitation processes in the prison for early parole, etc. Yeah. Okay, but it's amazing to see the reason we got that access, and they they agreed for us to be able to establish that and make it part of the rehabilitation curriculum, is the prison warders just started testifying how the prisons had totally changed. Oh. You know, there was this transformation that had happened in the prisons where they allowed us to pilot it, and so then they they rolled it out. So it's kind of cool when the the prisoners complete their 50 hours of training, we do a full graduation ceremony in the prison. Uh, So we get graduation gowns and hats, and they get their certificates. And, you know, for many of these prisoners, this is the first time they've ever been positively affirmed for anything in their life. Right. Yeah. and to see the impact of it and mm. so the prison ministry is almost a separate yeah. part of what we do in our, our gospel ministry yeah. and it's focused on everything from reaching out into those prisons all the way through to discipleship training but then we also deliver care packs to every single one of those prisoners mm. so cuz most of these prisoners if their families are not bringing them you know care packs um they don't have soap and right. they don't have toilet paper and they don't have basic supplies, you know. Yeah. Some of the areas they don't even have food, you wow. know, or very limited food mm-hmm. if the family's not supporting them. Mm-hmm. And so we actually deliver care packs to every single one of those those prisoners and then we also include some other written material and so on in those mm-hmm. care packs for them to to learn more and, and, and grow. So it's it's really a cool part of what we, oh, we're back. doing. Bringing yeah. freedom on the inside, yeah. is what we say. Yeah, um, so, so true. It's
0: also, so, you know. so exciting to hear Yeah, Jesus becoming alive in the lives of kids, yeah. communities, yeah. and development, yeah. and then even prisons, can't, yeah. the walls can't hold them back. And yeah. so uh-huh. so exciting to hear what Jesus yeah. is doing in those yeah. ways. That's
2: yeah, great. it's all about changing lives. It takes yeah. us right back to that little kiddie song, <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the most important yeah, thing is that these people it, yeah. get the... Message that Jesus really does love them. Even in the darkest prison, in Mm. their darkest hour, Mm. Jesus is there for them, with them, and he does love them to the point Mm. that he's opening the way for them to Mm. maybe just get a care package, maybe a booklet, teaching on the Word of Mm. God, Mm. and God's Mm. got a plan for his future.
1: I do want to clarify we don't only give care packages to those that... Get born again or enroll in the mm-hmm. program. When we go to a prison, we give care packages to everybody. Everyone. everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's to every single prisoner. But uh, and that's back to your statement at the beginning about just the mercy of God and the kiss yeah. of mercy. The love of God reaches all people. Isn't that right? a cool? It you know, is. Eh? Yeah,
1: kiss of mercy. Like um, whenever I say it, I just picture like these arms getting, get, yeah. you know, being hugged around me and getting this kiss that just feels like freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just,
0: you know, it's cool. Well, your sharing um, gives us insight of how you're affirming the people of Africa to be themselves mm. and let God's heart yeah. and love come out of them for their own yeah. communities, families, and people. And that's inspiring. Mm. And so before we finish, um, I'm going to ask the two of you to to pray for us as a community yeah. of Koinonia. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Because I, I believe you're catching the heartbeat of God in this next season of ministry. Yeah. And that's part of what we're exploring, discovering as a church to get fresh vision how do we show Jesus' love and share in our yeah. communities as well? Yeah. And uh, But is there anything you'd mm. share with us as a church? Uh, you've already given enough insight of how we can continue to partner with mm. you, and we will mm. as a church. Mm. Um, we know how it, where yeah. giving will go and how it will impact. Is there anything on your hearts for us as a church community, just that God would have put there for us to be yeah. aware of before you pray for us? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, one of the biggest ones is,
1: you know, we need to allow our hearts to be broken for people yeah. when your heart's broken for people, your response is very different mm-hmm. you know, and I believe that 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 was christ's response yeah jesus' heart was was i mean God's heart was so broken for this world that he sent his son to die for us mm-hmm. okay so and and when Jesus walked on this earth, his heart was broken for the people of this earth yeah. i I don't see wherever he he engaged with someone where he cast a judgment, or a, um, I see some rebuke. Yeah. <laughs> Peter yeah. got one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Satan get behind <laughs> me. Okay, your mind's in mm-hmm. this world and not with me. But it—it it was talking about being in that. It wasn't. Uh, um, uh, it, it, it. I just saw Jesus express mm. that love, and I, that was a love that—that that was out of a broken heart, mm. and so. Something I would share is, you know, people say to me, Oh, you know, you have a ministry where you pray for people and you see miracles. Yes. Oh, I want a healing ministry. What do I have to do to have a healing ministry? I say, um, Only pray for the people who your heart is totally broken for. Mm. Yeah. Because then you're doing it for the right reason, yeah. out of the right heart, and then you're going to see God do amazing things. Yeah. Okay. Um, or, you know, the same on, on meeting somebody's need. Don't Don't do it because somebody guilted you into doing it mm-hmm. or, or, or even do it because you feel a, a sense of obligation do it because your heart's broken for it yeah. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. um, because I think then again it comes back to that's something that's that's true to yourself mm-hmm. and it's sustainable um, and so I, I always in, encourage people on, on that and then also that you know it starts it starts here you know, there's there's People in in every single one of our, you know, if every human being took care of the people in their circle of life that had a need, the world would be an okay place. Yeah, you wouldn't need organisations like yeah. us. Okay. Yeah. And so I also say to people, uh, I love that people support our work, but I also say, start at home. Yeah. Start with the people in your circle. Yeah. Change the lives that that you can really invest in. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. um, and and so and I guess the last piece is just you know I think the own, the one gift we get to give god is faithfulness mm. is to be faithful yeah. okay that's, yeah. that's how we honor that's how we give back for all that's been done for us and for me you know your church has been so faithful to us mm. okay over the years just you know that faithful support and the faithfulness of, of people giving has allowed us to be faithful in our calling. Right. Okay. We don't get to be faithful without, you know, the people of the church being being faithful towards us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in many ways that makes you greater heroes than anyone else mm-hmm. in this whole story. And people often, when I say that, people are like, what do you mean? You know, you, you've got people on the coalface mm-hmm. out there in the community risking their lives. Yeah, but... They get to see the mother Mm. and look the mother in the eye who says, thank you. Yeah. Or to see the child whose life is saved or changed or Mm. to see the community that's transformed. And to hear that thank you. But there's many people in your church that have faithfully supported what we've done Mm -hmm. year after year. And have never, ever looked that mother in the eye. Yeah. Never, ever got to have that thank you. We try as Mm -hmm. we can to say thank you, but that's not the same. And yet they've remained faithful. And to me, that makes them incredible heroes Mm -hmm. in the story because actually the fact that despite never seeing that, never hearing that thank you, never getting the fulfillment of actually getting to see the true impact that you're having and yet remaining faithful in doing it, that's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. So the overwhelming message is one of thanks. that mm. just says thank you. like yeah. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank yeah. you for how you've supported us and allowed us, therefore, to be able to do mm. what, what we do.
2: Yeah, and from me, a massive thank wow. you um, on behalf of so many people mm. whose lives have been changed. Mm. And just keep going. And, mm. and yet, I really feel to say to those listening, be careful of isolation.
1: Mm.
2: Beware of separating yourself Mm. into a safety zone, because humanity can be inclined to want to do that. We've come through a pandemic, and people want to know they're safe. But safety isolates us, Mm. and that's not what Jesus intends for us. Mm. We were created for community. You know, so often people call us missionaries, and they feel like that's missions, But we are all on a mission. Mm. We are all called to be missionaries to the community that we can touch. Mm. And yes, to the uttermost parts of the earth as well. Because we need to broaden our understanding. We need to broaden our world Mm. and not just isolate in a small environment. We serve a big God. We talked about it at the beginning. We serve a big God and we have to have our understanding expanded to think way beyond our community, our environment, our family, our safety zone, but to see that we can be a part of a solution for a lost and dying world out there Mm -hmm. and to transform lives because they're waiting on the other side of our obedience.
0: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. So good. Thank you for just thanking us and for Mm -hmm. affirming and encouraging us Mm -hmm. not to stay, but to continue to reach out, right? and. And I'm going to ask, Anne, would you would you pray over us as a I'd church, Koinonia, to. and then I'd love to pray over you guys in your ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Father, we mm-hmm. just thank you for the honor and privilege of coming to you in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I pray for Koinonia that the progress that they are endeavoring to transform into will be led by you every step Jesus. of the way, that your divine enablement will be theirs that they will hear you clearly, that your instruction will be clear, that it'll be people-focused, that it's all about lives being transformed, it's about communities being reached, it's about the groups touching the lives of others, that the drive in the heart will be all about what's most important to you, Jesus. And I thank you for the anointing, the calling, the instruction, and the wisdom in the implementation of this, in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. And Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for Isaac, for Anne, for the Pretorius family, and for the larger For Africa community and family that is reaching into the continent of Africa. And God, the, the work that you're doing that is bigger than the two of them on this couch, that is bigger than even the organization, you are doing the expansion of reaching more people to empower them and affirm them with who you say they are, how you value and love every person, and then calling them to care for their own family, their community, and their country. God, we continue to pray that you would become alive through their ministry and that for Africa would, would continue to the, the word would spread so that your message in your heart would come to all people. They would all have the opportunity to come to a saving knowledge that Jesus Christ you are Lord. Amen. And so we thank you for our partnership and our friendship. Mm-hmm. And we say, Lord, continue. Keep doing it over and over through the generations yet to come. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank, thank you. you.
0: and thank Isaac, you. thank you for coming and sharing in this conversation today. No, appreciate thank you, you for both. for having us. Yeah. We appreciate
2: our it. Our privilege.